Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome. Where do you want to begin this morning? We know what we're talking about. Um, I have a client story, but I don't know if you want to start with yours. No, you go ahead. Okay. So you had proposed the topic about um, mothers who didn't want their baby. Yes. And I think this is a really touchy subject, but mm-hmm. it's one that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's one that can give... give provide I, I don't know allow a lot of freedom mm-hmm. um when when you can have a release or a relief um of judgment and so what happened was in this session with uh one of my particular clients she had just lost her grandmother and she was coming and looking to connect with her and just wanting to know if she had any messages it was very open consi- so her grandmother's passed and you're doing medium yeah for anybody that's sure. new listening and this is their first show if, if you're new, don't make this your first show. <laughs> Maybe go back. Um, but so her grandmother had just passed. She was looking for messages from her. And specifically, she had said, if my grandmother has messages from my mother, that would be great. Which, as anyone who's heard before, if the person isn't in the room with us, we still ask for their consent via the soul. Right. Um, because they're not they're not there to say yes or no. Um, and I did hear that it was okay to, to give messages. Um, the grandmother was okay with it. The mother was okay with it. So I said, no problem. If they tell me to filter, I will. So what ended up coming through in an hour long session was that her grandmother said to her, I never wanted kids. Mm. I never wanted children, but I grew up in a time where you weren't allowed to question if you wanted children, you were considered an unsuccessful woman. Um, you were considered, you know, that the, something was wrong with you if you didn't have a family and kids, both of those things, um, or a partner and kids, I should say. And so the way that she felt toward her children her entire life was that they weren't wanted and they were a burden. She did her very best not to treat them that way. She did love them. Um, but it was evident in a lot of things that she would say because she wanted to, she, I thought this was really neat. She, she parented as textbook as she could Hmm. because she didn't really know what to do. She didn't feel instinctual about it. Um, And so she would read or she would gather whatever else was going on around her and just try and mimic what she saw. Um, Instead of having any kind of innovative thinking of how she could solve an issue, a behavioral issue that came up with her sons or something that came up with her daughters. Um, She just wanted textbook, black and white. She wanted to be done dealing with things. And so the message in this woman's session from the grandmother was, I loved my daughter, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to truly love because I didn't want her. And the daughter was not meant to take that personally. It wasn't about her as an individual. It was about the choice that the grandmother did not feel she had, that she felt was taken away from her. How many people are going to be able to relate to that? Oh, yeah. And so the granddaughter, who I'm seeing as the client, I turned to her and I said, this is interesting because your mom comes through and says she feels the same way. And that when she hears this, if you're playing this back because she was recording the session, I said, your mother's going to be hurt and offended, which her, her mother is saying you shouldn't be because it's not about you. And I said, when your mother finally sits back and can finish her crying or her make it about me thing, she will realize I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I said, your mother didn't want children. And my client looked at me and said, 
I believe that that is true. Because she hasn't had that confirmed, but she said, everything that you're saying makes sense to the way that I was raised. Mm -hmm. Her mother wanted to do the textbook stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And so what's happened through the generations is that the mother um, is very anxious around her daughter now because the woman that I see as the client, uh, sorry, we'll call her Kim, um, she is innovative and she is, okay, well, if that didn't work the last time, how could I do it this time? What's in the best interest of the kid? If this is what I've learned, but it's not working, you know, she just, she wants to be there for her kids. She wanted to be a mother. And so it stresses out her mom because they parented two different ways and she doesn't even know how she fits as a grandmother in the life now which I just find all of the dynamics very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I said, the, the point being for um, the woman in the middle uh, is that she could really truly understand where her mother was coming from because she also didn't want children. Yeah. So when she could make it less personal and just understand that the choice she felt was taken away from her was also taken away from her mother, she could relate to her. And there could be more compassion and there could be more love toward her, even though she felt disconnected from her. And I thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I turned to Kim and I said, no, this isn't your story. I said, you're going to have to understand that your mom also didn't want you, but know that it's not personal and that she does love you. But she again, didn't feel like she had a choice. And I said, you, on the other hand, you love being a mother. You've loved your pregnancies. You love your kids. You love the whole thing about motherhood. And she was like, I do. And I said, so there's going to have to be an emotional intelligence here as you assimilate all of this information so that you don't feel rejected your whole life and parent in a way that you feel like you have to overcompensate for the childhood you didn't get, which I think is just a bomb. Huge. Yeah. And but she sat Kim's out there with so much, so much intention to hear, Mm -hmm. so much intention to understand and then to hear what the tool was so that she could leave and do a better job as a mother mm-hmm. and as a daughter so that she wasn't continuously faulting her own mom for not being a good mom or a good grand uh, grandmother. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it released all three of those women of guilt, of shame, um, and of rejection mm-hmm. because it really wasn't about wanting to reject someone. It was my choice. My freedom was taken. Mm-hmm. And I think I really do, and I'll, I'll stand by this no matter what kind of hate stuff is thrown our way. I think a lot of men are put in this position too. And I never, I, we, we always love being inclusive of men. And we've done shows about abortions and miscarriages and included the men's perspective uh, that's usually kind of shoved to the side. I think a lot of men feel like that choice is taken away from them when suddenly the woman finds out she's pregnant it's a surprise or maybe they weren't careful I'm not sure but where that choice of being a father is somewhat taken away it's taken away as soon as they have sex yeah because it's like well if you didn't take precautions and there is a pregnancy you lost your you lost your choice you lost your voice Mm -hmm. to be able to say what a woman should do with her body because every woman wants to say I have the choice to do what I want with my body mm-hmm. but if that means that the woman says they're keeping that child then the father's that male is thrown into the role of father yeah. because he had sex mm-hmm. and I know that's there's a whole different kind of or not different but there's a lot of conversation around that 
can I go into some of the things that you said in that story, Kelly? Absolutely. One of them that jumps out at me is when you and I were talking about it before we decided to tape the show, I made the comment to you about a client that I had just channeled for over Skype over the computer, um, where she just called and said, or over Skype, why am I blocked? Why am I depressed? And I said, well, the spirit world is telling me that it goes right back to the fact that your mother did not want you. And she just looked at me like, what? Mm-hmm. Where the hell did that come from? I said, why am I depressed? And you're telling me my mother didn't want me. And then she paused. And I didn't say anything because I thought, well, that's not my opinion, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm just channeling that shit. And so I just looked at her for a moment. She looked straight at me on through Skype. And she's paused and she went, Karen, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised. I was surprised that it just took her that moment to get to that. And she goes, I just actually need to accept it. But I have believed that my whole life. I just didn't think that's what you were going to say to me. And then I said, she's telling me you were a war baby. Hmm. That she got pregnant and her the love of her life went to war. And I wow. said, when he came back there was you. There there you were. You were like two years old. He didn't even know that he was coming back to a child or a woman who expected him to say, and now you're going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And because in that time, that's what they were expected to do. I'm not saying they all did that. But because of the little town they grew up in, etc. He did. He married her. Because that is what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so he came back thinking he was just coming back to try to get over a war, to try to just step back into a life. And he stepped back into a marriage and a child. And so she grew up in a family. Now, this is an older woman. She grew up with parents who followed, and I was trying to say this to you earlier, Dr. Spock. So there was a whole generation that followed the beliefs and teachings of parenting from one physician who decided he knew everything about parenting. Mm-hmm. One man. Interesting. <laughs> who, yes, who came up with all of these theories about what, what parenting was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it was, there were these beliefs of spoil the rod or can't remember, it was spoil the child, spare the rod, or I can't remember how that went because, oh, thank God, I am... I'm, well, I won't, anyway. No, thank God. I'll just say thank God. But um, where you were to hit your children, you were to discipline them, that was what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to slap them and punish them and make them respect you, whether you deserved it or not. Dad and mom could be alcoholics. They could be fear you. abusers. Make them fear you. Yeah, it, it didn't matter. They, that you were supposed to respect them and, and teach them, you will respect me. So you got hit. You got strapped, you got belted, you got anything because there were certain teachings of Mm -hmm. a time in churches, in schools, everywhere. And so she grew up in that. And so here she was holding on to these feelings of rejection, which were creating feelings and sabotage in her life. Mm -hmm. And she was sabotaging things. I said, oh, yeah, I said, you're calling because you're in patterns of sabotage. And the one that was hitting her right in the face was weight loss. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the one she focused on because it was the one that was most evident. 
because it is most physical. But underneath all of that was this, my mother didn't want me when she was pregnant. What do I do with the feelings that I have now, even if that was 70 years ago? Mm -hmm. And how has that affected my marriages, my jobs, the way that I, the way that I've gained weight and kept 50 pounds on my whole life? What's that done to my pancreas and my heart? and my blood pressure, and my diabetes. And it was all coming down into this area of my, I didn't feel loved, I didn't feel wanted. And she just sat there and looked at me and said, okay, this I can get to, this I can do. Now what do I do about it? And it was, it was really incredible to see her have those feelings and acknowledgements come across her face so quickly to say, okay, then what are we going to do? How are we going to work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say, too, in this show, Kelly, I want to give people who hear this a space to know that they're not being judged because they didn't want a pregnancy. Well, and that's what I tried to say at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. is that even though it's a touchy subject, I think it can bring a whole lot of relief mm-hmm. when you hear it's okay. Mm-hmm. As a woman or a man, to mm-hmm. not want children. Remember Grey's Anatomy? We just watched the episode where Amelia thinks that she's pregnant. Yeah. And she doesn't know. She doesn't want to take the test. And Owen's excited. And Amelia can't feels... Breathe. She can't breathe. She feels... She finally feels relief when she finds out she's not pregnant. And some people might think, oh, that's disgusting. I'm a mother and I love my kids. And they get all into their, oh, oh I'm in my... F- they're all in their own little shit world, well, you know? Well, me, 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 Oh, yeah. I can't understand somebody else's reality because I'm all tied up in my own. Oh, my God. Go grow to your children. Yeah, and I want to say to those people, grow up yeah. and get some emotional intelligence. Get out of your paper bag and see that other people have other experiences. Mm-hmm. And in that show, you hear how Amelia didn't have a partner around and lost a baby. And so the reason... That even though she had Owen and she was married and she had the man that she wanted to have a child with, she still was that terrified of becoming pregnant. Because, well... What if I lose another one? What if I lose another child? Or, yeah. And what if this man decides not to be there and I have to go through this again? Or he dies too. Yeah. So I, I, I hope that, you know, whether you're sitting in your kitchen or you're, you know, on your deck and you're having your coffee or you're driving in your car and you were the, you were one of the people that was in your paper bag getting all up in your shit about, oh, I'm going to have to reply to this. Or you tried to turn off the show because it annoyed you because of your beliefs. Mm-hmm. I, I hope if you're still listening that you're able to hear that because you might have a sister or a girlfriend or a mom or a sister-in-law or your own daughter someday where you are going to be asked to listen. Mm-hmm. And you might click it off and think, nope, not me. Well, yeah. And that might leave you isolated in your own little world. Yeah, where those people that you love don't turn to you because you can't put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. I rem- for me, I-, I thought the Amelia and Owen story in Grey's was-, was really cool, illustrating the pregnancy and the expectations around it. For me, the biggest one so far was Christina when she was with Owen. Yeah. And he was saying why you would love it so much. And she was like, well, of course I would love it. I'm not a monster. Yeah. But I don't want it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, what the grandmother and the mother were trying to say when they were coming through with their messages is mm-hmm. that I did love you, but I didn't want you. Mm-hmm. And and those are two different things. Well, I'm happy that you said they're two different things because some people think that if you didn't want it, then you couldn't have loved me and they won't believe it. Mm-hmm. They won't believe it. And that I think people also need to hear that on some days, no matter what kind of a mom you are with all your gold stars on your shoulder, that there are days that you maybe you don't want your kids either. Mm-hmm. And that some of those little gold stars get to fl- be flicked off your own shoulder. Yeah. But sometimes in our egos, we just don't want to believe that about ourselves. And I, and I think maybe it's a reverse story of someone, you know, originally not wanting children, having a baby and going, this changed my life for the better. Mm-hmm. And maybe feeling guilt that they originally didn't want the children mm-hmm. um, and having to get over that that's what they didn't want or think they wanted. And now they're okay with it and they really love it. And that's enough. To want them now is enough. I just had that client this week. She booked an appointment and came from Timmins with her husband and her child going through to Toronto for a medical appointment. She believes or believed that her son's medical problems are her fault. Because while she was pregnant, she did not want him. Hmm. And that when she had, um, when she delivered him, he was born with some different medical challenges. Mm -hmm. And she had postpartum depression. So she came to find out in the session from the spirit world, if all of this is her fault. He is 10 years old. She has been carrying that for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so when she came into the treatment room, she didn't explain all of this. She just laid down on the treatment table. And I, I started by just saying, you're here for a soul contract. And she said, yes. I said, I'm just going to read the Akashic field. I said, you go right ahead and just tell me first name and I'll give it to you. So she said her child's first name, which was really interesting. I think it was something like Danny, which could be. I just heard that. Oh, I just heard Daniel. Oh, good. Danny could be male or female. Okay. Because it it has gone both ways. And I just remembered thinking, oh, I'm not going to ask if it's a male or female. It doesn't matter. I'll just get the reading. So I remember reading it and saying, oh, this child was born with these these issues and she went yeah but in her head she's ready to be to be told and it's your fault Mm -hmm. and I said oh these are the medical conditions and I said he said he says that he was born with this because these are the things he's on on earth to learn to do and she sat straight up on the treatment table and went what and I said well the contract is is that you're going to help him with these issues you're going to be able to have enough money to pay for him to actually go to the right medical professions and this is actually going to get corrected over a period of decades and she went say this again and and she just was waiting for, for the sentence. for the sentence for the shoe to drop and this is your fault. And she goes, you're not saying anything. You're not saying whose fault this is. And I said, oh, it's nobody's fault. It's the contract with him and his own soul. And she went, did you just say between him and his own soul, this isn't between him and me? And I went, no, no, you're the parent that's going to be able to provide the love and to provide what he needs. Oh, my God. I'd be on the floor. The tears. Yep. She collapsed. Yeah. She. This is sometimes where I think, and I'm grateful that I have a moment of sanity in my own world to know this is grieving. 
and this is relief, mm -hmm. and this is normal. Because I don't call 911 and say, I think you need to come and pick her up. Mm -hmm. She literally collapsed into her own self. I think it was the first time in those 10 years where she felt she was herself and she came up. I'm, I'm telling you, Kelly, it had to have been 10 minutes of crying before she could talk. I just sat and I just put my hand on her back. And at the end, when she was able to speak, I said to her, what do you need? She says, I need to hear it again. Mm -hmm, I bet. And I said, okay. I, so I said, the contract is between him and his own soul. The contract between you and him and his dad and him is that the two of you are in financial situations to bring him to the people, to the places that are going to provide care. You do love him. And she was just like, I can't hear that enough. Mm -hmm. And what will that do for a marriage? What will that do for a family? Mm -hmm. What will that do to shift staying in a hotel one night? Yeah. In North Bay or Toronto or Ottawa at the Chio or Sick Kids or whatever, London Hospital for well, Sick Kids. It resets her entire intention oh, in helping him. Yeah. As opposed to needing to fix something she thinks she did mm -hmm. versus just being there because yeah. that's her role in the contract. And now she can let the professionals do what they need to do instead of feeling like she's got to be there to fix it for him because she's yeah. the one that caused it. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that because now if a professional is listening to this, and you have a nurse or an RNA or the cleaning staff in the hospital um, or the, you know, the woman at the front desk that greets them. This is a mom and a dad and a child that are in a different place. Mm -hmm. There's a whole different energy about accepting the help now. Which I think is, I'm glad that I'm a piece of it. Mm -hmm. I might not be the practitioner that stands in the hospital, but I'm glad I'm still part of the process of the healing. And I'll say of the life and its journey from that moment on. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was really cool, really important for parents to hear that it's okay when you have those moments, when you find out someone's pregnant, that it's, you didn't feel okay, that you didn't feel this was something that was wanted, that you might need time to get there. And sometimes some parents can't get there. They do their best and some of them don't even do their best. Some of them just scrape by. Some of them walk away and they feel that that was the best. They walk away. They let somebody else step in to raise their child because they know they can't stay and do it. Mm -hmm. And that that is an act of love too. Oh God, yeah. That's a big hard one. Yeah. And I think that if somebody hears, remember a man that I just saw this past week said, I, I walked out of my child's life. I said, oh, you have... He said, do I have contracts for children? I said, well, yes, you're going to parent another woman's children. You're going to, he goes, well, I am now. I've got a partner and she's got three kids. And I said, but you also have a biological child and you're not parenting it and you never have. And he went, oh, yeah, I didn't know you'd know that. And I said, but you walked away because you knew you couldn't. And he said, that's right. And I said, but you need to hear that you did the right thing and that it doesn't sit with you. You you still keep thinking about your daughter. You love her. You just think you did the right thing. Mm -hmm. And he said, I needed to know that somebody other than me believes that too. Hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you and I are that other person because they may only have one other person. 
Because they're so afraid of being judged by everybody else they might say that to, that they keep that a secret. I like this show. Oh, and I just want to say how much I love the fact that it is good that we know people's secrets because sometimes the secret keepers need to have their person. Yep. Do you want to leave it there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for listening today. If you have comments or questions about today's show or an idea for a separate topic altogether, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we will talk to you next Saturday.